0: I don't want to sound this like a, like a eulogy, but uh, it's more of a
1: celebration, really. Time passes for everyone. Eyesight fails, as does reaction timing. With me, it works like the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever quoted the Bible. Thanks for traveling around with me on this road for the last half century.
0: All of you thank you very kindly. It's been a hell of a ride.
2: We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly and as always I'm joined by none other than Dom Loss and it's uh it's been a few days now since the legendary Rick Jenneret has passed. Um, very unfortunate to hear um, he's the best at what he did. A huge inspiration to all the Buffalonians out there. Even if you aren't a Sabres fan, you hear RJ, you hear Rick Generat, you know exactly who is being talked about. He's an icon, a man of the city, a man of Buffalo, even though he's not from Buffalo, he represented what Buffalo was. And um, you know, it's uh, he retired, so we didn't hear a lot from him anyway, but now knowing he's no longer with us, it's you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be an adjustment coming the Sabres season. But um, our thoughts go out to RJ's family, of course. Thoughts and prayers, and um, we wish them well. But Dom, what what did what did you think when we when you heard the news late Thursday night? I mean, what a blowing loss to the Buffalo sports community and broadcasting community as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think you just immediately remember all
1: the great moments you had with RJ, and I obviously, you know, his last season, what a send off they gave him on RJ night, and. Mm-hmm you know, his final call being Casey Middlestack oh, goal. I, so, I
2: still, I've, of course it's a Middlestack <laughs> goal, but I so, whatever. I mean,
1: yeah, I think it's just, it's it's pretty tough. You know, it's a childhood, it's someone who was involved in growing up a few in sports and childhood and, you know, to kind of really didn't hear a lot of, you know, news about, you know, his health condition and to know
2: that all of a sudden it kind of was like, you know, yeah, that. it's definitely. Um, they kept it under wraps. His family. It was you know, so it's two def- years worth of multi organ failures. So. Yeah, so it's definitely one of those situations
1: where you you kind of like lose your breath a little bit. But um, you know, it's great celebrating RJ and what what he did to you know create Sabres fans like you and myself and Moose yeah. to producer and uh, uh, you know. So it it it's it's heartbreaking, but I know the Sabres did a fantastic job uh you know last couple of days you know talking about rj and you Mm -hmm. know celebrating the the great life he had and also what they did his final season and what i mean what they're probably going to do in the beginning of you know this season will definitely be very um very interesting to see what they do
2: yeah his name's in the rafters already so um it'll be probably a big spectacle and i'm looking forward to it but we do have a little bit of sabers news today um Unfortunately, we won't be hearing Gummy Bear in the stadium anymore at well, home games. P- well, not yeah. not like we did anyway.
1: Well, potentially if they give him some respect,
2: if they if they if he scores for Anaheim and Buffalo, uh, maybe I don't I don't think they would. I'm going to be honest with you. So, Ilya Labushkin, Ila Labushkin, however you pronounce it, defenseman. Um, he signed a two year contract. He didn't. He's not. He's not finished with it. So, um, okay. I mean, he was kind of bad anyway, in my opinion. I, what did we grade him on our on our player grades? I forget
1: d or c something like
2: that low low c high d kind of range what do you think of him being traded for a fourth round pick in 25 you think that's a win oh yes
1: well i mean it's a win for multiple reasons one i don't think they're going to do anything with the salary cap But getting 2.75 million dollars off the books is never a bad bad thing especially if you know the sabers find themselves in it late in the year and they want to add a piece we all know a lot of value in the trade market. The trade deadline comes with retaining salary and the Sabres have the salary to just take someone's whole salary and not have to, you know, add an additional asset for it to be half retained or something like that is very beneficial. Also the fact is the Sabres had way too many defensemen, one way contract defensemen where they would be subjected to waivers if they were waived, uh, if they went down to Rochester. So they still have to make another move. Uh, we've, it's probably gonna be someone waived, you know, Stillman, Bryson, one of those two probably. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: but it seemed with the moves of Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton that they were kind of set with their 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 six at, of you know those two Haru, and then having Dalian Power and Samuelson obviously. So it seemed like there wasn't really a, a clear roster. I should say roster spot, but spot in the starting lineup for Lubushkin, and at that point. For making nearly three million dollars, when you can have someone like Riley Stillman fill the role as a seventh defenseman, fine. Uh, it was a good move to move on. A Fourth round pick is a pretty decent pick. I think it's Minnesota's pick uh, that the the Anaheim guy when they traded John Klingberg to them at the, from the deadline. So okay, it's 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 a decent fourth round pick. It's I mean it's something really flashy, but to get an asset for uh, a player that you know it's also a situation you know on the ice is actual. Playing on the ice is it's, it seems to be an addition by subtraction. He was very bad last year, unfortunately. The he had you know he suffered some injuries, so he probably was never really a hundred percent. But he really wasn't that great defensively. He was a brutal as always offensively, and he took way too many penalties. And obviously, what right. how bad the Sabres are at the penalty kill last year really hurt them. So <laughs> yeah, him and Bryson were kind of rough.
0: Yeah, I mean, so was...
1: I I think I think getting you know him off the ice and. Getting an asset and also getting the sailor cap, it, it's a, it's a good move from GMK.
2: Yeah, Kevin Adams um, never disappoints. No, shouldn't say never disappoints, but he has not disappointed on this move. It's been solid. I, I I like it. I I do think you know Gummy Bear is a shame, but it's not like we heard it a lot anyway. So what are we really missing out on there? Nothing. Um, he didn't really do much, but I mean. Unless, are you thinking they might actually do that and play it? If he scores, no, I was being, I was, I was I was say, being incredibly surprised. Like, there's no, there's no shot that happens. But no. I think Bryson's the next one to go. I hope he's the next one to go. Um, just really, what do we give him? We gave him like a D or a C last year. It's, it's going
1: to be interesting. What that's definitely going to be, you know, as in the next month when training camp begins for you know the the big club, and the Sabers. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the depth, of the roster, you know, goalie. Does Comrie make the roster? Does he not? So would they carry through or not? that would impact how many skaters you would keep? Who is going to be kind of that the the you know the depth forge on the team? Who's going to be playing in Jack Quinn's spot? Who's going to be you know kind of take? The, I don't know if they're going to carry eight defensemen, but who's going to carry? I mean, if they carry only seven, who's going to be the seventh and who's going to be the odd man out? So there's definitely a lot of uh, position battles and uh, definitely a unique uh, off season still kind of. Ahead before you know we actually get some actual game game film.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. That's about it for the Sabers, though, right? Any anything else really, really Um, poking out at you that we want to bring up here? I do have to say, Darlene was ranked seventh in the top
1: twenty for defenseman, and Tage I believe was ranked ninth in center. So oh, there we go. uh, Credit to them. That's a cool accomplishment. A little round of applause for him here. Congratulations. Congratulations to them. I still think it's absolutely ridiculous that I believe three was Mio Heiskinen. Actually ridiculous that he was ahead of Rasmus Dallin. I I was dying on that hell. Both are <laughs> both are incredibly good defensemen, but I mean I those Dallas fans really make me angry because it just Heiskinen was not that good offensively until last season. So um yeah, I mean Dallin put it all together last season, so hopefully, you know, he, he was seventh this year, hopefully this year. He got
2: Norris votes last year as well, so hopefully, maybe this year he becomes a finalist and potentially yeah. even wins it if he
1: has a year. I think it's
2: very possible, especially with the way the team is trending as a whole. Um, that only helps out individual statistics well, it, it, as well. It, it's, so. also,
1: it's also kind of like I'm trying to think of a player on the top of my head, but like in the NFL, like it usually takes the second year to really get recognized. Like you have, you break out year A, but it takes year B to finally get the recognition you deserve. It's kind of yeah. like a little bit like. I guess if you want to say like of Jordan Porter finally making first team all pro, like he mm-hmm. played as like he played at first team all pro levels for a couple of years, but it took him um, that resume and that build up, the reputation to then finally make the honor. So right. I think that's the situation with Dallen is that last year he made the nor- the jump to being a North you know, a top ten defense legit top ten defenseman. Mm-hmm. This year I think he'll take another jump to be a top three and who knows, them? maybe one, one,
2: one day our, our, our guy will be number one on that list. Hey, it, don't, don't write it off. I mean, Darlene trending upward for sure. Um, it's it's going to be exciting to see this team. I, I mean, I've talked about this before, but most recently I've been talking about it. And it's like, yes, the Bills are always exciting. They have been for the past few years, right? Like, especially with since Allen's come onto the scene and the team's really taking that jump to um, deep playoff pushes, right? The Sabers, I mean, mediocrity for the longest time, and you know, I going to these games and just seeing the differences every time we go, um, and them excelling. It's just, it's so exciting. I'm really looking forward to the season. I know you, you think it's a there's a possibility of a regression. I think we talked about that, but I, I personally. This is the season they break the playoffs, and I think they're scary. Pe- teams will be scared of that. I think
1: this is a season where there are many, many different outcomes, mm-hmm. and the Sabres have not done a good enough job in this off season of making sure those outcomes are mostly positive, I would say. Yeah. I-, I believe the Sabres have not done enough to ensure that this will be a positive season, though. I, I think that's objectively true. Like, when you only add two really kind of third-ish pairs, right shot defenseman and you're only kind of adding Devin Levi and you know kind of growing up and in like that's that's great and all but that doesn't I mean that doesn't mean you know there's possible for people to regress I mean there's some people that might not take the jump and you know, we kind of saw that with, with paying crabs and all that like some players may never take the jump some players may have a down year like Jeff skinner has been the definition of that and then it's hard to be a rookie goaltender in the league, so and they don't really have a legit goaltender. So like, yeah. I don't, I, I, I sound very negative. I still believe that the Sabers have a, a good chance to make the playoffs, but
2: I think there's a sense of realism in but, what you're saying. But if too. you're
1: being real, the the Sabers organization has not done a good enough job this off season to ensure that this season will be positive. Yeah, but especially if how much pressure is kind of building on them. Like, there's a real chance, definitely non-zero, that they. They take the bet. Now, I'm not saying they're gonna finish last in the Atlantic because Montreal sucks, but I mean, it, it, there's there's a real chance where they're they're kind of it's a disappointing season, kind of like what Edmonton, Detroit did last year. So uh, it's definitely gonna be fun though, and uh, listen, they still got a young squad, so it, 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 it can still go up even if they go down. So I mean, sure, I I still think <laughs> I still think they will make the playoffs, but. I think, how far they go? I think that's not even how far they go. It's if they make I, I, once you get in Florida, proved you could do anything. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have a team that could score like the Sabers. Mm-hmm. As long as your goalie gets hot, you can make a run. But yeah, yeah, I, I think they got good experience last year. I think this this is a big year for them um, to take the next step. But again, as I said, um, if they don't take the next step this year to the playoffs, I think we're really going to see a, a more aggressive Kevin Adams in the summer of twenty four.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just I wanted to throw that in there, a little season preview for the Sabres. But now I think it's time to move into some Bills talk. And boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, after that preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, did a bunch of early 2000s Bills fans come around? I think a lot of them did. I mean, I saw a lot of them online, like, oh, the this te- this season's tanked already. What are we doing? We're not even going to make the playoffs. I mean, are we – yes, was it a little – the, the O-line is the scariest part. Allen mm-hmm. did what, what he could. Um, I mean, Spencer Brown, we were second and 34. I was like, what is this, Madden? I don't think I've seen this in a real game before. But real game, right. preseason game. But <laughs> what were your thoughts going through that game? I mean, there are some positives to take away. Allen still did outperform Tua after that you know, first well, throw I interception mean. for the I, Dolphins. I, but I, what do you I, think? I think with
1: the Bills, I guess the most concerning part was their lack of professionalism. Yeah, it's not really a thing that happens very often in the midterm era, but they were. That was one of the more unprofessional games I've seen the Bills play, Mm -hmm. and you saw it from the opening snap, having literally ten not not in ten personnel, literally having ten people on the field for the offense. Yeah, now they did get an yard completion, Dalen Caden. He was obviously one of the bright spots, but Mm -hmm. you know, there's too many penalties. I know Spencer Brown. I think got the the one penalty, the black the black the back. The block in the back, wow. There you go, you mixed the words. There you I go. I know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that penalty was a little ticky tack, but the holding was definitely a holding though it was a nice play to Allen to Davis. That was a sick play. But I thought the Bills playmakers played well. I thought Josh played played well. obviously I think he
2: I think You had to deal with the cards I, he was I dealt. believe
1: he got told not to run and when he took off to run on that one play when he got sacked. He was kind of he went he ran two yards out of the line of scrimmage and was like oh I'm not allowed to run and ran back. <laughs> uh, then he that, circled back. What I, yeah. I, that's what I believe is that he was told not to do that. And uh-huh. so if he did that, I don't know if he would have made the first down, but maybe so. That that drive is always kind of weird. But yeah, just too many penalties. The defense, the first team defense, man, really that
2: run 65 yard touchdown run.
1: I don't think there's anything other the word to use other than very unsatisfying <laughs> from all ends. Like the D line, not a lot of pressure. Hoyer didn't look very good on the, you know, that was a bad bad angle. Yeah. Uh, the linebackers got sealed off, and Tyrell Dobson, I think, is going to get cut because, it, I mean, I don't know how he... I think Williams will... I don't think that, but you don't think so? No, because he's not, not really playing middle linebacker. And he's playing mostly third. I know he's started to get some reps, so I think there's potential per se. But I think it's if Terrell Bernard comes back healthy from the hammy, um, I think he'll be the week one starter or AJ Klein at this point. Yeah, I think Terrell Dodson has played himself. I think Terrell Bernard honestly is probably one of the bigger winners in the first two weeks of the preseason and hasn't played a single snap because of injury. Uh, because the, the uh, no everyone, eyes have been on <laughs> everyone. Everyone else, no, but every, everyone else and is the competition have really. I mean, I don't want to swear on the pod, but like crap the bed. And you, to, can, say, you can say it. No, I'm not. I, I I'm not. I, I have the restraint not to. But okay, middle linebacker. Shit the bed? I'm, I'm gonna okay. say it then. I think the frustration for me is this team did, seems to have done a really good job. In the offseason of adding weapons, like I like Hardy, I like Sherfield He had a really nice catch. Mm-hmm. Um, Kincaid looked really nice. Yeah, and I also really like the interior offensive line. Like I thought Connor McGovern was really solid. I thought of Cyrus Torrance, though he was graded bad by PFF because they're PFF. But <laughs> I thought he was really solid as well. Like I think the interior of the offensive line. I think he made a case it might be the best interior offensive line in the Josh Allen era. Or the, or the Super Bowl contending era. Like, I think if Osiris Torrance plays his capability and common govern solid, and you always have Mitch Morris, like, I really like the play from the interior his line is yep. the tackles that yep. were concerning. Uh, Dion's Dion. Like, I just think there's a lot of, like, when you talk about 2,000 Bills fans... There was just a hive
2: of really anti-Dion fans. Yes, yes, and I noticed I that. Yeah, I don't really
1: know where it comes
2: from. <laughs> it was from. wild. It was get Dion out of here. I'm like, we're getting Dion out before Spencer Brown. Are we serious? Like, it, what are we talking it about right now? Happens every
1: once in a while, like the 2021 Steelers game, the Saints game on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm trying to think of there was a game last... I, I'm blanking out if there was any game last year. I think the Bengals game you might say was one. But yeah. The playoff game. There's like a couple games every time where like Dion okay, Dion has a bad game and like people just like, are like oh my god, we gotta get rid of him. Dion <laughs> Is an <laughs> above average left tackle.
2: Yes, he he's solid. He has down days for sure, but he's ninety percent of the time he's solid. He's more solid than
1: bad. Yeah. He is a solid, above average. Heck, you could even say good because he's a Pro Bowl left. I know Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl, but he's a good left tackle. He is he an elite left tackle? No, he is not Trent Williams. He's not Tyrone Smith. Nope. He's not Laramie Tunsil. He's not a shut down left tackle. And sometimes, occasionally. He gets beat. Now, what I say, am I slightly concerned because I feel like in training camp he wasn't fantastic, and him in pre- first preseason action. I think there's first preseason action. I don't. I can't remember about the time I have he played. Uh, in I don't Buffalo. remember if he did either. I, I think he did because I think the offensive line did, but I, I, I'm blanking on that. But not great in the first game action. So I think yes, you could be like, okay, that's a little concerning, but Dion usually turns around. Spencer Brown is that's a concern, and that's his is a position where. The Bills, middle linebacker, offensive tackle, knew that they had significant problems at both and didn't really address it and didn't really add a competition. We just kind of ran it back. We just, oh, we signed Brandon Schell on June 1st. Well, he's retired. You don't have really another guy to push Spencer Brown because David Questenberry, you re-signed him, but he also hasn't looked very good either. So I think that position is really concerning because you could have the best interior offensive line uh but in this era for the Bills have a solid Deion Dawkins, but you know you're, the saying is you're only as strong as your weakest link. Like their weakest link is pretty darn weak.
2: Yep. Like yeah. it's
1: it's it's one of the worst it's maybe the worst right tackle in the league. You could even week.
2: consider it a missing link because it's so weak. It's not even yes. there, You know, like that like that's where I would have it at so that point.
1: I think that's a real concern. Then middle linebacker's another concern because you knew for at least a year that you probably weren't
2: going to pay Tremaine Edmonds. No, and especially the way he ended up playing. Like once you saw him in the season, you, you you know at that point you're like, well, uh, yes. For them not to have a, it's it,
1: it's frustrating from the perspective of they just did not have a plan, long term plan at middle linebacker while Tremaine Edmonds was on the roster to said replace Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, and if their answer was really Tyrell Dobson, he was the the, uh, the wasn't I mean, he off the team and then they brought him back? Isn't that what happened? Like that? The Minnesota Vikings literally were giving him the game ball for his horrific second-half performance. Is one of the big reasons why the Bills lost that game is how Tremaine was so good in the first half, got injured. Tyrell Dobson yeah. played in the second half, was god-awful. So for them not to have a plan other than, oh, we're Tyrell Dobson, or we're going to spend two third-round picks on guys that really aren't middle linebackers is just...
2: It was either uh, him or Cam Lewis getting the game ball for that one, catching the ball for Jay Jets. Sure, I mean, so, yeah, the it, only it, thing. I just don't fully
1: understand their plans of those two positions. So I'm concerned for the defense just because that was really brutal. I'm just going, and maybe this is blind optimism, but I, I think the Bills have enough, I, I they have enough coin, n- enough stock, n- enough in the bank to be like, this is a rare occurrence, they were not ready to play, I believe in Sean McDermott to get them ready to play. I'm not gonna, you know, make a bunch. Yeah, of you're not gonna freak. Things. Yeah, you're not, not gonna, gonna be freak. early. 2000 I mean, there's certain Bills people fan. to freak on, like Tyrell Dodson, because that was just his second straight week of being terrible in the preseason. Yeah, so, but no, he's showing consistency of being bad, and that's yes. that's an so, issue. So there's things to improve on, which is fantastic. I mean, I, honestly, God, I said this to myself after the game: is other other than no, I'm gonna say. That's just probably one of the better results the Bills could have in a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Is to absolutely look terrible
2: and get yeah demolished by Kenny
1: Pickett. I, I'm not and even company. saying demolished. Honestly, God, it's it's actually very, I'm not, as fans, it's really annoying and it's really concerning. Yeah. But as coaches, they have to be pissed, but they also have to be like, we have so much film on every every single guy screwed up probably. Mm-hmm. So we have so much stuff to teach these guys. And they have so much stuff now to be like, whoa, maybe we like. It's kind of like, it's a humbling experience. Like maybe we aren't as good as we thought we were. I'm not okay. It's a preseason. No, game, well,
2: for the film review, if I if I were if I were coaching the team, all right, we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a trip here for a second. For the film review, man, twenty four gets on real life. Yes, man, twenty four. So, um, if I if I were coaching the team, I'd bring them all in for film review and just show every bad play they did. Like not even like. Tell them, hey, we're going to watch the opposing team's film. Just be like, we're going to study it. We're going to be ready for next time. But no, we're going to point out every horrific thing that happened on the screen. And I would just, I would let them have it because you're right. They might have had a false sense of security. Hey, we were, you know, top five, top 10 defense or whatever. But a couple of years ago, they were what? Ranked number one? They weren't number one. I'm sorry. They were not. Because if you were number one, you would have stopped an offense with 13 seconds from their own side of the field. That's just, that's my take. But. Sure. I, so I, I think that from that perspective of the Steelers game, I'm not
1: saying it's a success. It's definitely not a success, but there's a lot of, I, I actually do think that's actually an underrated positive. Is they at, need to
2: rise from the ashes of defeat.
1: I don't care about, I don't care that they lost. I just care <laughs> that they looked bad and making, when the players look bad, the coaches look bad and the coaches don't want to look bad. So I, I, there's a lot of things to learn. I also didn't really realize that in preseason you don't Game plan for your opponent, which I think is bizarre. I, I did not know. Yeah, you know just that. let it fly out there. You just I let guess. it fly. Yeah. I understand, like, oh, you want to do your plays, but, like, I do just, is this. This isn't an excuse. Is this is just a fact. The Steelers won a 3 4 defense, and the Bills went a 4 3 defense. So you thought, I would expect that they had had some kind of game plan for, oh, if this is a 3 4 defense, this is how we we'll play against them. I don't know. I, 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 maybe they still did, and it just didn't work out. But I find that to be concerning. But um, <laughs> it's kind of
2: odd. You're right.
1: Like in the preseason, it is kind not of to odd. game plan
2: for your opponent.
1: I'm not saying game plan, but like if you ended up playing a team that ran a three-four defense, like you would probably want to like
2: yeah you run wanna... your three-four.
1: I don't know. They probably did. I'm just like. I don't know, maybe I'm looking too far into that, but overall there is, I mean, Mark Bar- Mike Barkley would look, was Matt Barkley, so quarterback two just shows you that, that yeah. Just if Josh goes down. We were down, talking
2: about that last time. How, I'm done talking about yeah, it. I, I
1: can't. If, if, if Josh does not If Josh gets injured, they're screwed. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, not like they, <laughs> they weren't screwed the in like the last two years, but they're mega screwed this year. But, you know, Gabe looked good. Stefan looked good. Yeah. I thought Kincaid looked silky He was the smooth. shining star of the No, not, the so he really shined. Um... I had to say, Khalil Shakur, man, there's really potential that he's not going to be on the 53-man roster. I, it, it is shorter had a really nice game. He did very Andy, good game. Andy Isabella is a guy that looked solid on special teams, and he looks to be he's hungry too. I I, I don't know. If, I don't care hungry about, dog runs faster. I don't care about the hungry dog think faster. so. I don't care about any of that. The <laughs> fact is, they're trying to make him make the team. And what I mean by that is Isaiah Hoskins, the big reason why he never made the team was because. He didn't play special teams and was also terrible at special teams. It's not like he could, it's not like they attempted, like, oh, we're never going to make him play special teams. Is that he honestly could not play special teams because he was so awful at it. Yeah. But he was a negative on special teams. Andy Isabella made a really nice play as the Gunner last game so if he's gonna be one of those guys that could occasionally step in and play some special teams and not even play special teams but actually be kind of decent special teams right be be, be like, actually good at special teams yeah. that's how you make the roster clear right. Shakur is a returner we'll see but I don't he's not a great special teams player so I mean it's kind of I don't know I think I think there's a real debate between that but the Shakur may be one of those guys that just kind of you know, it has, down to the it has a lot of line. potential. Yeah. Uh, if he gets cut, he's going to get picked up. But yeah. um, he seems to be one of those guys that, you know, he makes a nice play every once in a while, but needs to be more consistent. It's going to be interesting if he makes the roster. I think I think it's a lot closer than I – I thought this guy – I thought Klitschker was potentially going to be wide receiver three and play in the slot. But, you know, obviously Don Cade passed him. I don't want to say passed not but, like, for the slot role. Right. Also, with Shurfield and Hardy, like, both those guys are ahead of him. So, at that point, like – yeah. If you're a wide receiver five
2: I'm excited to have a versatile wide receiver core
1: this but like, year. Though. But if you're wide receiver five, you also have so you're four wide receiver you're not you're not better than the top four wide receivers. You mm-hmm. also have Kincaid and Knox, so you're really this what the seventh best target. That's not even counting running backs, so really you're the eighth Right, James Cook could be a target yeah, as well. So you really you're mm-hmm. the eighth best target. At that point you need to be good at special teams. And yeah. he's not a great <laughs> special teamer. So yeah. You need to find something else to figure out, you know. Like you need to be versatile. Yeah. And obviously, this is a coaching chat that believes in special teams, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's that, that that to
2: me is something to watch, and also cornerback. And losing Nahim Hines though gives you that opportunity to step in at special teams, and it's like, sure, yeah, take so, the opportunity, try it. I mean, get better. Yeah. I, I don't know. I shouldn't be saying that because I, you know,
1: whatever. no no experience. But yeah, yeah.
2: So I mean, I think it's disappointing.
1: There's definitely lots to look at. Cornerback two, I think is going to be. I'm I'm wrong. I'm, I'm going to say I'm wrong. I said Christian Benford is going to come back and take the role. It's Dane Jackson. It's Dane Jackson's role to lose. Yep. I don't think he's going to lose it. And, well, again, this is another thing about 2,000 Bills. I don't know why we're comparing them to 2,000 Bills. Because uh, there was an epitome of It is funny though, fairweather fans. That's what it is. But the fact is, Dane Jackson has played well. And, yes, is it frustrating to say Dane Jackson, cornerback, too? Gosh darn, this is Levi Wallace all over again. I don't know why people hate on Dane Jackson if he's just gonna if he's
2: just playing the best out of the three dudes, like yes. what's he gonna do? You can't you can't argue. Like, I mean, to... look at his look at the film, look at the look at the stats. He's he is playing the best out of the three so, of them. So yes, do I think it's incredibly frustrating last year that it seemed that Dane had really good coverage on a last snaps He got hurt in that Tennessee game too though, if I remember. Need to get off. Yeah, him but... and then Hyde, uh, the, both of them did, if, yeah, but, I, if I'm correct yes. on that. yeah. But
1: is, is it incredibly frustrating that last year it seemed every 50-50 ball that Dane Jackson was a part of, who he had really good coverage on, just never really turned his head to make a play on the ball, and lost? Yes. A little bit. But you also have to understand that this guy was the cornerback one
2: last year for half the year. Right. Now he's going to be splitting it with Trey White, and it, not cornerback not one, but splitting the field with Trey White. I but think now that's he's going to be yeah. cornerback
1: two. He's not going to have the responsibility of having to guard – Amari Cooper, you know, no. Tyree and Trey Hill. looks good. I mean, Actually, he... I don't know if he guarded Tyreek Hill because I think he was injured. In Miami, Elam too. might have. And so I think again, Dean going back more into that cornerback two role probably helps him out. Mm-hmm. Benford's solid, and Elam little
2: handsy still. I, I
1: think Joe Marino said it best. I, you know, I was listening to him the other day. Of you, know, you could try so he seems to be trying so hard that he just can't stop making mistakes. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really good analogy, not analogy, but really good saying of, I do think it seems to me that Elam is trying so hard he's thinking to be about perfect yeah. that he's just not playing naturally free football. And that's why you get all these holding penalties. It's like, no, dude, you're in good position. There's no reason for you to yeah, hold. there's no reason. It's, it's
2: kind of like... Well, it's like when he got drafted, they were talking about it. He had like He's really hard on himself. He attempts to be perfect. There's no perfection. You need to, I'm going to quote Top Gun Maverick here. I'm going to go movie quote. Okay. Don't think, just do. Like, you have to think a little bit, of course, but go out there and play your position the way it's meant to be played. Stop overthinking and trying to be perfect. Sure. You're not going to be. Like, well, at the end of the day, well, you got to just go he, for he's it. He is
1: a smart football player. Yeah. That's what they he's drafted him. That. Yeah. He obviously could, knows the scheme of being a smart football player. He's just got to let go and just let his instincts fly. Yeah. Like, too, too many holds, too much inconsistency. Same thing I kind have of with Shakur. I'm not saying he's going to get cut or traded. I mean, he's a little different from Shakur, obviously. Yeah. But there's a potential that he's a game-day inactive, sure. Because, mm-hmm. again, he doesn't play special teams. And, um, you know, you're, you're going to have Benford as the third corner, outside corner. Uh, you know, how many, how many more guys can you really have as your – especially when you have, you know, probably going to have Rap, maybe Hamlin active, so you have four safeties. You know, your, your top three outside corners of Jackson White. Benford with Teron Johnson, Saran Neal. That's nine defensive backs. Yeah, that's a lot to have as a game day, and then having a tenth one, in Elam who doesn't play special teams. That's kind of a lot of defensive backs to have active on a on a forty six man, you know, game day active thing. So, um, game day active roster is just nothing.
2: But yeah, I don't know. But I mean, we're what? I guess we're looking for. I don't know what I'm looking for in the third preseason game. I don't know if I'm even going to watch it. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you because it just. Watching this one, just I don't know, like, didn't make me as bad as like like we've been talking about the early two thousands Bills fans, but it it just kind of was like, okay, why am I putting myself through this? You know, like it's preseason, like you said, they're not even playing to go after the other team. Pretty much, they're kind of just running their plays they want to run and seeing if it works. But it's more of a joint practice, yeah. Like it, it's a scrimmage, scrimmage. You know, it's it's at the end of the day, that's what you're dealing with. So, um, I don't know. They're they're playing. I, I don't even i don't even know chicago. chicago yeah they're playing the bears return to tremaine edmonds i don't know how that well go, i but... i
1: think for me it's gonna be interesting if josh plays i think josh looked pretty good last week so for my perspective is i don't think he really needs to play like he had the warm-up he looked pretty good i know the offense didn't really score any points when he was in i mean they moved the ball up. they moved the ball a little bit but obviously penalties and you know inconsistencies was a big reason why they didn't find success so maybe they want to hash all that out um I would like to see definitely the starting offensive line get a lot of play though. I'd like to, I honestly like the starting offensive line to get probably half football. Like I really think they need to, they need to get those guys in there for a whole half, even if it's just Matt Barkley or Kyle Allen behind center. Do um, really, really, you think they give Allen any more reps? I think there's definitely potential for that. I think maybe a drive or two. I don't I don't I mean listen, Josh played the third preseason game I believe the last two years before this. I it was weird that he was playing the second preseason game. So I think Josh I think Josh may
2: play a little. I mean, we'll see. I think it probably a drive. I think I think they'll give him a, a drive to score, and then I don't know if a drive to score. I think they'll give him two drives. You I think I, I, I just think after what happened
1: last week of the inconsistencies, I think they would want him to. Apply they got to give him a little bit to kind of get game. out there. Yeah, yeah, just... just
2: feel himself a little bit. You know, yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, it's the preseason. At the end of the day, that's kind of how you have to think about it. I know. I actually put a poll up on X, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, is this. Is the preseason excuse valid or should we be absolutely worried? It was 60-40 absolutely worried and valid. I don't know. Like I really am not because most times, too, um, your preseason playbook is not what you're going to be running in the regular season, too. You know? I'm, so. I'm not
1: worried about the team. I Are, think
2: you'd be worried about certain positions on the team. Yes. Not think, the entirety think, of the team. I think, I it think they're going to perform the I think you
1: could be worried about individual players. I don't think you have to be worried about the team I think because there's funky results that happen I think the Bears beat the Chiefs last year in the preseason so the preseason is really weird um it's basically as I said just joint practices so I mean I, I as you said you might not even do some of the plays you run in preseason and in, in the regular season if they don't work so it's more just a rehearsal for the regular season as it says it's
2: a preseason game right. so and with the two tight ends healthy together, so I just
1: I disagree with the fact of oh worrisome. I think yes, you could be hundred percent worried about right tackle, right. middle linebacker. What the heck's going on with Lillum, What the heck's going on with Cleo Shakur? Like, what's heck quarterback two? Like, there's stuff to be concerned about, and you could be worried about certain stuff. But to be like, oh my god, I'm so worried about this team. Yeah, that's that's a tad much. It's a, it's a tad much. If they play like this against the Jets, it's like wow, this is really. I don't want to be one game in, but one game in, this is really concerning. Then I think when that back if they play like this against the Jazz, then you could kind of be like, "Whoa, this is really worrisome." Playing a preseason game against the Steelers, come on, yeah, we're better than that.
2: No, we are. I'm. Well, we are. We are. Yeah, we're better. Whatever. <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna talk about it anymore because I think it's just beating a dead horse at this point. But. I do want to get into a little bit of just league talk here and also just mention this is the final episode of season two. No, we're not making as big a deal of it as we did at the end of season one, but we're going to take a week hiatus, get all of our ducks in a row for the start of Bill season and we'll be back with season three of the Buffalonian podcast. It's wild. We're approaching a hundred episodes too. After this one, there's going to be um, five or four more. Yeah. yeah and this will be 95. So five, five more episodes. Wild. We'll have a special coming out for that. That'll be fun. But first, first, there's a infamous Fox Sports whatever. What, what's the first things first? Is that what the program is? Indeed. Um, Nick Nicholas Wright. He uh, he's he's kind of a Mahomer. He doesn't he doesn't really like Josh Allen. It seems he likes to go after um, clicks, as we'll say. But he likes he likes to attack the Bills fan. Not attack, but rile the Bills fans up. So um, if you could play the clip. Uh, we got we got something for you
0: here. Yeah, welcome to the party America. Some Some of us had Mahome's Burrow as one two all year last year and we were told no, it's Josh Allen, Josh Allen. So I have no problem with burrow at two because that's why I've had him for 15 months. Allen at three is once again a figment of the media's imagination. Over the last two years, Josh Allen, how many combined picks and fumbles do you think he has? 50. Five zero. There's only other guy in the fifties is Matt Ryan, who was it drove him out of the sport. He was like, I'm out of here, I'm gone. I will just give you again it's a very basic stat, but passer rating by year for Josh Allen and his ranking in the league. And much like his game by game, it's a bit of a roller coaster, and nothing tells you it's elite. Nothing. In 2020, it looked like he was on the verge of becoming elite. And then in 2021, he took a huge step back. Last year, he took a bit of a step forward. And then Brew will try to do this fancy math on, but he's an all-time playoff great, but he's not. He had one good playoff run. That's it. And he, by the way, that one good playoff run, he went one and one. In 2021, he was awesome. In the rest of his playoff career, he has not been. And so why is he a top three quarterback? Tell me. I
2: can't help, but just sit there and laugh. Like I, I really can't. I mean, he's clearly trying to get a rise out of bills fans, but I did a little research after seeing this today. Okay. He meant he glosses over Burrow's playoff statistics. Okay. He just shows Josh Allen's and only a select few of the said stats. So um, here, here I made today, I went through and I've compiled all of the playoff statistics. So Burrow only bests Allen. And by the way, none of what Nick Wright said was wrong. I'm not trying to argue regular season stats. Everything he said was true, okay? But postseason, he glosses over the glaring differences here, and I also have more than what's on here. So Burrow's 5-2, and two, and he has a higher, higher completion percentage by 4%. A little under whatever the, the decimal, whatever we're three doing and a half. there. Three and a half. Allen's played eight games. He's played seven, of course. Allen's twenty. Total touchdowns for six turnovers. He's 10 total touchdowns for four in one game less. Allen has 17 passing touchdowns and four interceptions in one more game than he has, and he's got nine and four. Nine touchdowns, four interceptions. So, I mean, right there, production-wise, I think Allen is just that freak athlete, though. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Burrow is that better pocket passer, better what do you want to call it? What what would you say? How would you describe Burrow? I guess, um stereotypical quarterback. You know what I mean? Like I feel like just kind of pocket passer. Like what what are your thoughts before we go through the rest of this?
1: I think he's a little bit um, Drew Breesish, Drew Breesish, with a little bit more athleticism, kind of. Okay. Kind of a guy that beats you with inside the pocket, but can also. He's uh, not Tom Brady. Can also use his legs. I don't know Tom. He has like the mentality a little bit. I don't know. I think it's an interesting conversation for who's the second best quarterback in the NFL and I think it's close though I don't think you know what I mean like, well it's close I mean I
2: think right I still now, give
1: burrow the edge I just I, wanted to bring this up I think Burrow is probably number two based off of um the playoffs last year he was better than Josh um and that's pretty much true I mean the 2012 Josh had a very good counting stat game against the Dolphins like he threw forward 300 yards had a lot of rushing yards He's also one of the biggest reasons why the Dolphins were in the game. I mean, the fumble that went for a touchdown, the two interceptions,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: one interception that was really really bad that kind of swung the momentum when it was 17 to 3 and going for a kill shot. Yeah. So it, you you live by the sword you die by the sword of Josh. And sometimes it gets some it's gets some shot, it, you know, it gets some stab. Like you just kind of die by it. Like I love Josh his ceiling is higher than Joe Burrow, but consistently Joe Burrow is probably a little bit more consistent than Josh. And when you play in in the playoffs, sometimes people would probably prefer a more consistent quarterback, especially in a one-game in-or-out scenario. Like, okay, if this was like a best-of-five, like, yeah, you probably want to do the the high ceiling that can probably carry you. Mm -hmm. And that's Josh. Joe Burrow, a little more consistent in a ride-or-die, you know probably what you're going to get from Joe Burrow. Where in Josh, you kind of sometimes, you really don't know what you're going to get. And last right. year, I think it's interesting, last year obviously with the injury of Josh, you know, the first half of the year he was kind of on Mahomes' level in terms of EPA per play. Still had a decent run at the end, but obviously the injury hampered him. Joe Burrow has never really, ha- Joe Burrow has never had a more efficient offense in the year than Josh Allen. And you could say jo- Joe Burrow also has had more rep- better weapons than Josh Allen. I think that is a very, very interesting debate i think it's probably joe burrow i think he has more high-end weapons i think josh until last year had more depth weapons like having emmanuel sanders cole beasley gabe davis i think a 21 was probably more depth per se maybe but high-end weapons probably went to burrow and last year both offensive lines are bad yeah and, and josh consistently had, they both have consistently had pretty weak offensive lines right so I think there's definitely a debate for Burrow because he has the one over Allen. He, played, he outplayed Allen in that game. And he's been in a Super Bowl. I don't care about the Super Bowl that much. I mean, Josh is better than him 21 all year. And I just think the second half of the year, Burrow was probably... No, I'm sorry. probably. second half of the year, Joe Burrow was better than Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And in the playoffs, Joe Burrow was better than Josh Allen. Now, you could argue, again, the injury. UCL but for Josh. But th- this is why this year becomes interesting is because Josh is healthy. Joe Burrow
2: is healthy. Let's well, dance. Let's dance. Well, let, we'll let, hope Joe Burrow's it. healthy for the majority of the season. Well, His cap he, injury uh, he'll, currently. He'll, he'll probably be healthy, but I do let, want to see
1: because after this year is the year we're really going to see where Josh truly lies, right? Because if we have another year where he kind of has a good year, but then falls apart, you know, has a bad game in the playoffs like he did in twenty twenty-two, then he doesn't really have a claim to be the best second best quarterback in the league.
2: I got gotcha. you. No, that, I mean, it makes sense. Do you, do you mind pulling the graphic back up? I'm going to just run through the rest of it, and I got a little tidbit in there that's not on there that I want to throw your way, if you're okay with that. All right. So Allen's total passing yards 2,334, rushing yards 417, total yards 2,767. So Burrow's at 1,927, so one game less. Again, Allen averaged about 6. 7.6 yards per passing yards per attempt and 6.6 rushing yards per attempt. Burrow's at 7.3 passing and 3.9 rushing. But that makes sense because he's not that rushing freak athlete. And Allen has a little higher pass rating. They're both in the 90s, but Allen has more 300-plus yard games at 4 to his 1, to Burrow's 1, and then 3, 3-plus three passing, touch, passing touchdown games. So, And he's had 0, of course, Burrow. But there is one thing. This is not on the stat list here. So, for the Bills, times when the defense allowed 25 plus points in the playoffs, four. Times where the defense allowed 20 plus points, six. Takeaways, five interceptions and two fumble recoveries. Okay? So then with the Bengals, times the defense allowed 25 plus points, zero times. Times the defense allowed 20 plus points, three times. Takeaways, 10 interceptions and three fumble recoveries. So, At the same time, you know how I made that comment about, you know, if we had a good defense back then, we would actually be able to stop a team with 13 seconds on their end of the field. Mm -hmm. I think that also, I mean, you can't blame Josh Allen for 13 seconds because he wasn't going to stop Tyreek Hill from running down the field, running all over us, Travis Kelsey. Well, no. You know? uh, But you also, I mean, you can't say Joe Burrow beat Patrick Mahomes in that playoff game to go to the Super Bowl because the defense made a good play. You I know was, What I'm saying, you I understand will, what I'm saying?
1: I, the Bengals' defense the last two years has played better in the playoffs than the Bills. Yes, defense. absolutely. That, that, that is that is a hundred percent factual. Not, not, I mean, that way's in the discussion. It's also true that. They had they both played equally fair quarterbacks per se. Like mm-hmm. I mean, the Bills played Skylar Thompson, Mac Jones. Obviously, then they played Mahomes and Burrow, and the well, Bengals, they didn't really even play the, Mac Jones. They kind of
2: stomped them into the ground. Well, but,
1: but and that, they played those guys, and then you know the Bengals the last two years have played what Derek Carr, Tannehill, Mahomes, Stafford, and then last year they played. Who at Huntley? Who was a Pro Bowl quarterback? But really not. Oh my god! And Mahomes, and, <laughs> and their defense has been better the last two years. And I think you would say that the Bengals have played probably tougher offensive competition uh, than the Bills have, especially with Miami being so weak with their injury, with their quarterback injuries, and the Patriots kind of not being known for offense, and both them have played Kansas City and. You know, obviously they played each other. So, and the Bengals have played better against the Chiefs. Um, you know, defensively. So yeah.
2: Well, yeah, Mahomes Again, was winless against them. Until... there is a
1: thousand percent really good, you know, evidence on both sides. I would agree that I think some of Burrow's evidence for him is a little teamish. Like it's a little like more of like the team. Has a played better in a certain yeah. A more Bengals thing. But I also think some of Josh's thing is also some of Josh. Like, yeah. his turnovers are his turnovers. Right. And that's so, kind of, when you I have think, a
2: quarterback like that, I guess that's what you, not what you sign on for, but the way he plays. Like, he kind of runs all over the place, you know? It's a little different. Sure. I mean, like, mm-hmm. look, the Colts game in 2020, like, he, where Josh Josh fumbled late in the game.
1: Yeah. And I'm not Nick Wright going, oh, my God, that ruined the game for Josh. But, like, it could have. And that's what you live by. He yeah. had 300 yards. Carried the team. Lily jumped, the team jumped on, jumped on his back. At the end of the game, he fumbled, and it nearly almost ended their season. That's just the fine line you have to live with with Josh. I mean, he played a phenomenal 2021 playoffs. No doubt. Probably the greatest two games I've ever seen someone play back to back. At the end of the day, though, it's what you do next. Right. And, and what as he, Nick Wright said, what, what he, he went one and one. I don't care about that. <laughs> right, exactly. No, but I, don't, I don't care about win, wins and losses. I think that's stupid. But what did he do next? Well, what he did next is he had a kind of topsy-turvy game against the Dolphins in the playoffs that let uh, a team that should not have been, you know, a three-point game be a three-point game, and he didn't play well against the Now, again, is there factors of injuries in place? Absolutely, but that's what happened next. So now now it's for Josh, is like, what can you do next? Can you rebound not even get a 21 form, but can can you be more consistent in the playoffs? I, that's the challenge of him. All quarterbacks have challenges. Even Patrick Mahomes did with the turnovers in 2021. He ended up fixing it and won another Super Bowl. It's, as much as I love Josh, and I believe Josh has all the capabilities to being the second-best quarterback in the league, he's got to go out and prove it. He's not no, He doesn't have it right now. Not a lot of people are probably giving it to him right now. And for him to get it, he's got to go out. And do do it. And I don't know if it's oh he has to win the Super Bowl this year. He has to win the AFC this year. I don't I don't know truly what is the oh at the end if he does blank by the end of the year he is quarterback two. I would say it's probably win the at least the AFC. If yeah. He, but then at the same time if Hurts wins Super Bowl over him, people would say Hurts. So it's it's a win loss league. It's unfortunate. But if Josh plays like he did in the 2021 playoffs, this playoff run, and gets hot and leads the team to the Super Bowl, he's quarterback two. Yeah. I think if he does that and they go to the A's and lose in the Super Bowl, he's probably quarterback two. If he plays well but they lose to Mahomes or Burrow, he's probably not quarterback two. He's got to beat those guys. Yeah, he's got to consistently beat those guys. It's just true he has not beat those two guys in the big spot. The two his two wins against Patrick Mahomes are in the regular season, in like week in yeah. Week Five. He's zero and three against those guys. The, the last three years, you've lost to those three guys. It's hard if he loses again to those guys. It's hard to make an argument that he's a top two quarterback when arguably the two top two quarterbacks in the league, he's zero and four against in the big moments. Now, again, twenty one really wasn't his fault, but it's hard. It's hard. It would be hard for us to make an argument. 0-4 oh, oh at one point is 0-4. Oh yeah. Like there's, a certain, there's a certain, like, wins and losses, I think, are, are, are dumb to an extent. But at some point, when you're stacking up against each other and you're comparing all-time great players to each other, eventually eventually, the, the wins and losses do kind of have to matter a little bit.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you. I just wanted to bring that up because I think it is more of a discussion than what people are leading it on to be. You know what I mean? Like, there, there is, um, you know. There's validity everywhere for it. I mean, Joe Burrow's a great quarterback. I'm not sitting here trying to bash that at all. All I'm trying to say is, you know, we, we can look around and see what exactly is happening here. But um, anything else before we, we cap off season two? What do you think? I'm all ready to get going to season three. I know I am too for Bill's season, Sabre's season, and maybe another Bandits championship. We'll have to see. We'll be there with you every step of the way. But for season two, That's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Callie, and as always, I'm joined by another, none other, I can't speak, none other than Dom Loss. And Dom, for season two, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills.